18 minutes after the hour four and that was a beautiful song from St. Cecilia, Ma Cecilia of Our Lady of Africa. But Hakina Haunda. <laughs> I wonder what that means in uh, okay, but anyway, we won't get into that. And uh, as as stated at the beginning of the show, today we're going to be delving in a subject that, to some extent, is very controversial. Eh? We're talking, we're going to be talking about curses. We're going to be unpacking, and we're going to be trying to understand what are curses. Um, I've noticed in my life and in my ministry as a priest that. Um, I have really preached about about curses myself as a priest, and I've really heard, actually, I've not even heard any priests preach about curses from the pulpit. And it's really got me wondering, why is it that I myself do, uh, uh, cannot preach about them, I cannot talk about them, and why is it most of my peers cannot talk about generational curses and curses from the pulpit? And uh, we won't get into that now, but this answers to some extent somehow seems very obvious. Joining me in studio right now is Father Joseph Wilson, who is going to help us understand what curses are and how we can navigate that jungle. Father Joseph, good Good afternoon and welcome. Afternoon, Baba Dabanenge. So, uh, bona Baba. Yeah. Good to have you, Father. It's uh, been a while, hey? Yeah, yeah. You've <laughs> been enjoying yourself, you see. No, not at all. <laughs> um, I'll tell you off air where I've been. <laughs> it's been work, work, work. Yeah, yeah. Father Joseph, we are, I mean, I really, from, 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 the, from, the, from the moment I heard that we're going to be uh, diving into this subject, I, I was very, very, very interested because I thought to myself, okay, this is something that we don't talk about. Mm-hmm. And I'd like us to ta- start from that, uh, that premises to say, why do we think we in the Catholic Church and we as priests are really, really afraid? It's like we don't, it's just one of those areas where we don't go there. Yeah. Why? Um, you're absolutely right. You know, when parishioners come to priests, they preface their remarks to the priest by saying, Father, I know we shouldn't believe in curses. Mm-hmm. And uh, my response to that is, who told you you shouldn't believe in curses? Uh, where did you get that from? And then I say, well, do you think Jesus believed in curses? Paul, Peter, the New Testament. And if you look carefully at the texts, both of the Old Testament and of the New Testament, you will see that curses are actually very prevalent. In fact, the last word of the Old Testament from the book of Malachi said, I will draw the hearts of fathers towards their sons and the, uh, the hearts of sons towards their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a curse. Mm. So uh, it is very, very prevalent throughout the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are reluctant to uh, speak about it because I think as priests, we, we sense it might be touching into superstition or something like that. That's what I feel. Mm. Do you also think that there is also a functional and an economical side to it? Because the moment I start talking about those things, um, it might affect me as a yeah, parish priest. Th- that's, um, that's another thing. Um, uh, some people say, you know, if I actually speak about it, I'm, I'm attracting the thing to come. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, somehow if I don't, if I if I don't speak about this elephant in the room, then it won't really affect me. But nevertheless, it doesn't negate the fact that these things are a reality, and that is what we are going to be chatting about this afternoon. And I would like to start by asking you, what is a generational curse, Baba Joseph? Okay, um, 
Well, maybe we could even step back uh, uh, before generational. What is a curse? Mm -hmm. um, uh, well, we'll say what it is not. It's not something that you can actually see. Um, it's not scientific, uh, verifiable, not scientifically verifiable. It won't be picked up on an X-ray. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yet it is a reality. Um, and I suppose the best place is always to start with is in the scripture. And people might be very, very surprised to hear that uh, God also curses. I'm mm. not sure if yeah, no, you no, knew that. It is, it is, it is, it is it's in the scripture. It's in the opening yeah. pages of scripture. It's in Let's chapter 3, okay. where right. after the fall, um, God curses uh, the serpent, he mm. said um, in verse 14, be accursed above all the cattle and all the beasts. Mm -hmm. And then in verse 17, he says, because of the sin, the land itself will, the soil itself will be cursed mm -hmm. and uh, a man will earn his bread by the sweat. In other words, the, the, the soil will bring up weeds and man will be battling with that. Yeah. And then in chapter 4, we have the murder of um, Abel by his brother Cain. Yeah. And then we have the judgment again by God in chapter 4, verse 11, where he says, Now be accursed and driven from the ground that has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood at your hand. So your question uh, uh, Baba is well. What is a curse? It is something that um, well. It's 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 easy to understand. It may be difficult to define it, but it is something like uh, we have to struggle. It's something that repeats itself in a pattern. It's something that uh, just like the soil brings forth uh, weeds and all of this yeah. in our lives we may be battling with um, certain things that recur from one generation to the next. But what we seem to be establishing now is this kind of phenomena of suffering, pain, and struggle, or a lack, um, has a scriptural basis. And we seem to be actually finding out, as we read scripture right now, to actually say, at some point, um, as we found in Genesis right now, mm. God did curse man at the fall. That's right. But we mustn't see God as, you know, like a tribal God. Uh, yeah. I, I, I curse you. You do wrong. I curse you. Yeah. Actually, that's not it. That would make God out to be no better than, you know, uh, a, a tribal um, judge. Uh, yeah. But what does he do to the, to the snake then? Um, it's a judgment on the powers of darkness which have come against the kingdom of God. It's directly against... In other words, um, I think uh, for the listeners listening, yeah. if, if you want to really know what's going on, turn to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28. Okay. Because in that book, it's quite a long chapter, but it, it speaks about the blessings of following God mm -hmm. and the curses when we step away from following the Lord. Which brings me now, Father, to my next question, which is, why does one come under a curse or even what we may call a generational curse? Um, I would believe that 
it happens when we step away from the provisions of God's blessing. You know, And how do we do that? Um, well, think about this. Think, uh, think of it like this. Think of a, a man with an umbrella. Let's try and make it very visual and very simple. And under the umbrella, you have the father, the mother, and the children. And they're in future generations, actually, they're carrying in their loins. Now, um, as long as we are under that umbrella, which we would call the provision of God's blessings, mm -hmm. um, God blesses us naturally. It's his default position to bless us, not to curse us. Mm -hmm. But when, let's say the father um, steps out from underneath that umbrella, mm -hmm. And he says, okay, I recognize your blessings, Lord, but I need to get help from another source. He is actually stepping away from blessing. Not alone that, but he's opening his family mm -hmm. to now be injured. Think of it like this. Think of it like um, uh, the house. You're in your house with your children, father, mother, And you open the front door, and a whole pile of sewage starts pouring into, mm -hmm. into the, the house. You think you're getting a blessing out there, but you've opened the door, and you've let in a whole lot of stuff that's not only going to affect you, but also your children mm -hmm. and future generations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so it's like, to some extent, um, at some, uh, people find themselves under these curses two ways. One, they find it because it has run under their family, right? And some literally go and open the door. And that door somehow then, uh, as the water gushes out, it not only wets them, but also wets those who are behind them and in the room with them. That's right. And But it's not just water. It's filth. And do it. Okay. Uh, it, uh, you know, if it was water, we would obviously welcome it in Africa. But mm -hmm. this, we're letting in not just uh, water. We're letting in sewage. Mm -hmm. We're letting in negativity. We're le letting in we are bartering our family uh, for future generations to this rubbish that we've opened to. Okay. Now then, how, wh um, uh, when I go to the doctor, there are signs and symptoms that I present. What are the signs and symptoms that one can can look out for to check to say you know maybe I do have I'm, I'm under this attack mm -hmm. or maybe I'm not or it could be yeah. what are some of the signs well and what should one look out for I, I I think you remember I mentioned in the previous program that I I was cursed myself okay and I didn't know I was cursed I was cursed through witchcraft mm -hmm. um, through Sigiso uh, through yeah. well not actually Sigiso but through touching of a spiritually contaminated item. Okay. I, I don't want to go into it. But yeah. up until then, I did not believe in it. Mm. Uh, I had a typical Western, Western view that if yeah. you believe in it, you give it power. Indeed. And uh, if you forget about it, it will never bother you, and you won't bother it, mm -hmm. and you'll... you'll so uh, there are silly people who... Uh, are preoccupied with it, who believe in it. Mm -hmm. Now, it wasn't until it bit my behind that mm -hmm. I uh, found out this is a reality. So, you're asking, how will you determine it? Mm -hmm. Well, I went to doctors. A, a, a curse can affect you in three main areas. It can affect your health, okay. your wealth, 
or your relationships. Okay, let's or repeat. All three. Let's, let's repeat that. Yeah. A curse can affect your, your health, health, your wealth, wealth, or your relationships. Okay. And uh, in uh, uh, and if somebody really wants to do harm to you, they will curse you in all three areas. By the way, uh, for the listeners out there. Um, uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church believes in cursing. It's got two numbers that deals with it. I don't have them off offhand, but it says it is particularly despicable when one uh, calls down evil on another person. And it's also running throughout the, the Psalms, which we pray mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And I remember your, your colleague, uh, Father Albert Nolan, mm-hmm. When he was giving uh, talks on scripture, he was saying that the church has actually omitted in the divine office references to those cursing psalms mm-hmm. where uh, David or others say, you know, bash their heads against the right. stone. That's right. Uh, wow. You know, really give them a good hiding in that. It's 29 minutes before the hour five. If you've just tuned in, it is Radio Veritas 576 AM. It's that station that gives you the good news. And today we're giving you good music for a change. And it's a Spirit Wednesday. I'm joined in studio by Father Joseph Wilson. And we're unpacking curses. Do not touch that dial. Stuart Townsend with Let Your Living Water Flow Upon Me. It brings us exactly 26 minutes before the hour five, and it is Radio Veritas 576 AM. If you've just tuned in, thank you very much for joining us, and it's a Spirit Wednesday. I'm joined in studio by Father Joseph Wilson, and we are unpacking, we are unpacking and trying to understand curses and generational curses. And uh, if you're stuck in traffic, take it easy and please buckle up and respect other road users. Now, before the break, Father Joseph, we're talking, I was, I was actually trying to find out what are some of the signs and symptoms of uh, people that could be under a spell or people that could be cursed or people that could be, um, could be suffering uh, from yeah. such oppression. And um, the example that came to mind when, our, when we were off air was where in some families where um, you have people that just don't get married, Correct. you know. Then, or you have a generation where they do get married, then they come back from their marriages, if I may say so, or they either leave their marriages or they are left in their marriages. So, um, so I was actually, I was actually thinking maybe we'll go into detail to say, do we need to look for a person? There are people who don't get married. Um, uh, there are people who have the spirit of, say, alcoholism, and you know, we try all we can do, or addiction, and all it can. We try and put them in rehabs. We try and do the twelve steps with them, and we realize that. How this thing is not working at all. Mm-hmm. Then some people, uh, there are just so many, so many, so many examples I can give to you. Mm, yeah. Correct. Um, uh, just to maybe go back to uh, the earlier question, I don't think we answered it, and uh, your question now is very, very pertinent and good. Mm-hmm. Um, when I turned up at the hospital and they did all of these x-rays, one of them being a, a nuclear scan, which uh, you inhale copious amounts of radioactivity, and then they scan you a centimeter by centimeter. Mm-hmm. At the end of that, you won't see a curse because it <laughs> is not something physiological. It's something spiritual or demonic. And you were asking, Father Brian, about what are the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Now, the symptoms can vary. For example, in my case, the symptoms were both physical and psychological. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to the doctor... So it hit your, your health. That's right. Mm-hmm. He, he, the doctor would try to heal the physical symptoms. Mm-hmm. The psychologist 
try to heal the, the, mental. Si- the, the, the psychological disorders because I was having increased anxiety, depression, and all of this. And, of course, they want to find out the root of it, but they couldn't find out what it was. So when you don't find out what the root is, you, you tend to treat the symptoms only. So at what point then do we say, you know, hang on, this is no longer a physiological thing. So in your case where uh, you were sick and you're going to the doctors and all that kind of thing, and at what point then do you say, okay, fine, we've, we've tried the, 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 the psychologist, we've also tried the, the, the proper doctor, the physicians. At what point do you say, hang on, maybe let's look at alternative medicine, if I may call it that? Yeah, well, I did that also. I went to, um, what do you call these um, uh, guys with the little tiny white pills. Uh, that didn't work either. Um, so... Th- uh, and it can happen that the person, it never dawns on them that mm-hmm. there is a power over them. They're mm-hmm. just, um, they just think, I'm sick, I'm depressed, that's mm-hmm. the way life is, I'm going to go through life like that, this never way. going to get better. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, do, I, cannot, I, I was thinking of the other one where people can't uh, give, uh, that can't fall pregnant or people are infertile, exactly right. you know, either be they male or female, and you realize when you trust back, um, it even it's it's in their family. Mm, it's in their that's family. Right. And so, how do you know a curse is operating? Because mm-hmm. you can't see it, you can't pick it up on a microscope. Yeah. How do you know that there's one there? Mm-hmm. Um, the Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard said that we live life forward, but we understand it backwards. Indeed. We 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 look back, and the main way you. You, you know a curse is operative is through a pattern. Okay. And you've been identifying it this yeah. afternoon, Father Brown. Yeah. When you see the same pattern happening either in your own life personally mm-hmm. or in your family, as you gave the example of mm-hmm. daughters, beautiful daughters, but none of them get married. Oh, who are in fatal. Uh, that's right. Uh, mm-hmm. Just uh, and they're longing for children, and they just can't fall pregnant. Mm. Oh, they get people to date them, but it doesn't end up at the altar. That's right. Mm. So there, you you see a pattern in your family, and it is generational. So why we call it a generational curse is because the same thing is happening down the generations, mm. and the same challenges and blockages. And it tends to continue. Now, a number of years back, there was a, an Anglican priest. He began in, in the army. Okay. Uh, he wrote a book called um, uh, uh, Generational Healing. All right. Uh, his name was Kenneth McAll. And he was the pioneer in this area. And very, very simply, um, he said, we're not really getting very far and trying to heal the individual. So let's look at the family and try and heal the family. And so the way he did it was through having a Eucharist or a Mass. Now he's Anglican, so it would be an Anglican Mass. And he found that it actually began to heal families. Mm. We will come to to, to, to how we can break those curses, Mm. if at all they, they are breakable. But um, I, I, I'm thinking of somebody who's listening right now and they're saying, 
hang on, I don't have this in my generation. Maybe in my, in my mother's side, it has not happened. Or maybe even in my, uh, at my paternal side, it has not happened. But I still think there is a pattern that is happening in my life, which is obviously affecting either my wealth and my health and my relationship. Mm. What steps can they take to sort of say, you know what, let me try and consult to see perhaps I'm also under this attack or oppressed? Uh, yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, there can be um, the natural ups and downs of life, mm. you know, uh, with, with us all. Um, but the pattern would have to be pronounced. It would have to be, you know, not in, in small letters. It would generally be in bold letters, headline letters. This is repeating. And in for one, instance, let's give an example of that. Um, uh, for example, uh, take the example you've just given now, mm-hmm. was, um, say, repeated miscarriages. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That's uh, a very why, common one. Why, why is a woman who's taking care of her um, baby, taking care of her pregnancy, eating well, not smoking... Why does she lose a child every time she gets pregnant? Mm -hmm. And there is a clear pattern. That's in bold headlines. You know, um, talking about wealth, uh, you have it in the prophet Haggai, chapter 1, verse 6, where uh, people are putting their finances into a purse or a wallet riddled with holes. Indeed. In other words, and I, you, uh, Father, and I hear it every time we hear parishioners saying, Father, I just don't know where my money goes. I'm careful with it. I, I'm responsible with it. I'm not drinking it. I'm not jawling. Mm. And yet at the end of the month, I don't know where my money has gone to. Okay. All right. No, that, that, that makes sense. But I would like us to get into some of the activities that, are my, that I'm going to call some of the behaviors and activities that I will call window-opening behaviors. Mm-hmm. Those activities and actions and possibly even attitudes that actually open the door and say, come in, curses, and sit in my lounge and have a home in me. What are some of those? Take us through some of those. Some of them could be even regarded as sin. Some are not sin. But let's go, let us go through some of those uh, those those things that yeah. actually open the door for this monster. Yeah. Again, we have uh, we have scripture to help us here. Um, we can look at Exodus chapter twenty, where God gives us the commandments, the ten the ten words. Uh-huh. And okay. uh, in one of it, it says, "You will not make any." A graven image or likeness of anything in the heavens above, mm-hmm. and you will uh, not bow down to them. And it says then, For I, the Lord, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon their children unto the third and fourth generation who hate me. So, uh, what is one of the openings here? It would be actually idolatry. Idolatry in a family would dispose uh, the the visitation of the iniquity on the children, and you 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 could say, well, this is very very unfair. Why should the the children pay for 
the sins of the fathers. But even before we go to the children mm. who are paying for the sins, for the dirt of their parents, I would like us to go back to adultery and unpack yeah. adultery. What exactly? Because in the past, adultery was to go before an image and, you know, uh, and maybe put all your trust and hope in that. But that's a narrow understanding is, of yeah. adultery. Yeah. I would like you to broaden that, un- that, 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 that understanding of what adultery could be and what adultery is in the broad sense because it is one of those things that also opens that door we're talking about this yeah. afternoon. Yeah. Uh, the Old Testament speaks a lot about idolatry and in fact that was one of the reasons for the exile of the people. It was one of the primary reasons why the people were sent up to Babylon because mm-hmm. they were... But we have a kind of a narrow view of a, a, an idol as a piece of wood you yeah. you hammer into your wall and you yeah. you you bow down to it and you say this will bring me good luck. Nah. But very very simply for the listeners, idolatry or an idol is anything that you would put before God. Oh. Okay. It could be your your fame. It could be a girlfriend. It your could power. be your power. Could be your money. Success. It could be your wealth. That becomes idolatry. So it's anything that becomes higher and important than God. That's right. You, uh, you it serves you. You serve it. So the psalmist says, "Some trust in princes. Some trust in their horses." And he goes on to say, "But I trust." in my God and yeah, in my maker. Yeah. So the idol in this case is no longer that wooden image that is on your wall or it's no longer that, that, that thing that you've created, the little shrine you've created in your, in, your, in your backyard. The idol here is that thing that has become the center of your That's life right. and your existence. Exactly right. So it, it could be money. It could be money, actually. It captures your heart. Captures and That's enslaves you to some extent. correct. Uh, and scripture also says that you become like that which you worship. Okay. So this afternoon we are asking you, Mlaleli, do you have an idol in your life? It doesn't have to be a wooden coven that is somewhere in your bedroom or wherever, but it could be a habit. It could be uh, an activity or it could be your success. It could be your money. It could be your contacts. People make their contacts their idols. And so... If you do have that idol, what we are saying this afternoon, that that could be also an opportunity of allowing the dirt to come into your family and into yourself. What is the next, the next one, Father? Okay, it would be anything that uh, steps out from under the provision of God mentioned in um, uh, Deuteronomy 28. Mm-hmm. And that would be where uh, we seek life or blessings away from God, that will invite stuff into our lives. Um, And uh, maybe I could illustrate it by what happened with my own mom. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to preface it by saying that I love her to bits. She's passed on now. Um, But... um, when she was a young girl in, in Ireland in the uh, 1940s, 30s and 40s, um, she did, I'll make it very, very quickly, she began consulting. She consulted a medium, mm. and the medium told her, yes, you're going to get married, you're going to have kids, your husband is going to be nice. And then he closed her hands, mm-hmm. she did a palm reading, mm-hmm. and... Um, 
My mom made the greatest mistake of her life. She she asked the palm reader, mm. "Why did you close my hands?" Mm. And he said, "Because you're going to get sick. Mm. And you're going to have an opera. You're going to undergo an operation, and you're going to get sick, and that's the end." Mm. So that happened to her when she was in her twenties. Mm -hmm. From then on, it instilled a great deal of fear in her life. Now. Uh, when she got married and had the children, guess what? That fear is transferred mm -hmm. to the next generation. Okay. And so the opening of the parent also opens for the, the fruit children. of the womb. That's right. Okay. Okay. So now, so we are looking at even activities such as consulting then, Father, because you're bringing something that is very important. And I come from a culture, Father, where um, as black people, we go to church on Irish. a Sunday. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad even the Irish people do that. People go to church and sing hallelujah on yeah. a Saturday and a Sunday. But when life gets tough, they seem to fall on, on, on certain things. Mm -hmm. And hence, you find people then uh, coming out of very strange places at very strange times. So they are seeing people that are consulting, seeing people that can solve their problems and all those kind of things. I would like you to talk to that. Um, and um, some, it, it, doesn't have to be, uh, some, it doesn't have to be traditional. Some people are even, um, are even, are even so-called religious prophets because I even have uh, a cousin of mine who's been actually going to a religious prophet, you know. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, in, in terms of the scriptures, there is no... Uh, white magic and black magic. There's no in the in the in the <laughs> spectrum, like in the spectrum yeah. be between the innocent. I call it innocent consultation of my mom, yeah. uh, and the other end of the spectrum, which is deep, deep, deep into the occult. Mm -hmm. um, then um, uh, the the main point is this: divination of all kind mm -hmm. uh, is proscribed is uh, is is not allowed by scripture mm -hmm. it, uh, it it will not bring the blessings mm -hmm. it will put us outside mm -hmm. and um uh so you're you're saying well what kind of things also consulting is one of those things and it's it's mentioned frequently in 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 scripture i, I don't want to to emphasize it uh, out of proportion like this is the only thing yeah. but it does in fact open doors as i'm well aware in my own family mm. and it's not an african thing okay thank it's you very not, much it's I've not an uh, and uh, I've, I, I've, sorry, and I'm really expressing my prejudice. I've never thought that it happens in the other ah, communities. No. Um, uh, you find uh, witchcraft in every culture. Okay. You find consulting in every culture. And in fact, as Christianity is going down in Europe, mm -hmm. you have the rise of all kinds of strange beliefs, mm -hmm. pagan practices, yeah. and going back to its... its um, it's kind of headlined by the the word new age. Uh -huh. So uh, we mustn't think that, uh, you know, it is the sin of Africa. No, it was in Scripture. Okay. In, in the book of um, Ezekiel, chapter mm. 8 to 10, mm. you see even the Jewish people involved in it. They're doing despicable things even in the temple of Yahweh. Uh, 
Now, Father, we're speaking from the person that is affected by the curse. Now, I would like to speak from the person that gives the curse. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's, I, I know of people who've been affected, but I know of people who've also cursed other people, Father. Yeah. And that is also opening up because Absolutely. yourself to a lot of things because that harm that you're wishing upon other people, that evil and that struggle and that pain, eventually, I'm convinced, does make its way back to the sender. Uh, yeah, um, absolutely right, Father Brian. Um, think of it like this, if we could make it very, very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, when a person curses, two people are negatively impacted. When a person blesses, two people are positively impacted. Mm-hmm. We think that if I curse somebody, he'll get um, the the evil and I'll get the blessing. In yeah. fact, that's not what happens. Mm-hmm. The sender of the curse also comes under the curse. Okay. It's not just the one sent. The one sent uh, that it is sent to will experience it in a very, very negative way. Mm-hmm. But the sender also is, in fact, opening himself to uh, demonization through his cursing. That's why scripture says... Bless, never curse, never curse. Even though when we're hurt, there's something urging in us to, hey, I want to curse that. But the scripture says don't Don't do it. So the curses we're talking about are those things that are sent. But also it can be from our words. You know, I've heard of people who curse people and say, you know what? You will never be happy in your life. That's absolutely right. That's in Proverbs 18, I think. But... But what I hear you say now this afternoon is, and what you were saying is, that unhappiness that I'm wishing on my neighbor and on my brother and on my sister is the same unhappiness that I'm also wishing on myself. Exactly right. So I'm also shooting myself. Unfortunately, when I shoot, I'm shooting myself. Exactly right. And the converse is also true. According to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it Uh says that the blessing you send out to a person is the blessing you will inherit yourself. Uh-huh. So you have the choice. Do you want to say, you'll get momentary satisfaction mm-hmm. when you curse somebody, mm-hmm. but it's only for a moment. It's like drinking seawater. Mm-hmm. It gives you a moment, but then the poison starts coming. But blessings flow when you bless. Wow. If you've just tuned in, it is a Spirit Wednesday on Radio Veritas 5, 7, 6 a.m. And it's myself, Father Brian, a.k.a. Ndavaningi. I'm joined in studio by Father Joseph Wilson. We're trying to understand and unpack curses, generational curses. If you've just tuned in, do not touch that dial. Take it easy on the roads, buckle up, and please respect other road users. Do not touch.